Hi, you've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. The average Christian this morning in the average church in America and possibly even Cross Point has the impression, I believe wrongly, that the call or a call on a person's life has to do with just pastors, missionaries, evangelists, and the like. But God's call, according to several passages, but we'll look at Ephesians 4 today if you want to turn there. God's call is to each of us as believers, each of us as his children. Uh, He's got a call on our lives, and it's important that we know that, pursue that, and find that because in that place is joy, in that place is understanding, in that place is, is a sense of passion, in that place is a sense of purpose. In that place, life starts to make sense. Uh, Outside of that place, we can occasionally visit places where life makes sense and it's clicking. But when we find God's call on our life, his plan and design for us, um, and get in the groove, more or less, I guess that's what I'm trying to say, uh, it's life-changing. Turn to Ephesians 4. Let's look today at verses 1 through 6, and we'll see what we can glean from this text. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, and through all, and in all. Now, some things I think are, are, are commonalities in, in this text as it uh, pertains to the call. The first thing is this, is the call is to every believer. It's to every believer. That's what he talks about in verse 1. I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have, not will, not may, calling you have received. If we have received it, when do we receive it? We received it at salvation. We may not have understood it at salvation, but it was, it was received as, at salvation as the Spirit came to indwell us when we first trusted Christ as our Savior. Paul's writing here to the church collectively uh, and to individuals as a part of it to say, if you believed in Jesus, then you have received a call from him. The last four words of, of chapter 1 point to the fact that this call is both universal, uh, it, it, it includes every believer, and the call is also specific. It is unique to the individual. Uh, then notice Paul start, how Paul starts this verse as a prisoner for the Lord. Meaning, if we're going to find God's call in our lives and, and walk in, in, in the light of that call, uh, there's going to be some cost involved when we do that. There, there, there's a price to pay. Uh, I believe at a minimum here he's referring to hardship of some kind or, or perhaps even isolation. And at worst, his own situation of incarceration, uh, that, that it may cost us uh, that much to, to, to live and walk out God's call on our life. We've been talking about these foundational things for the last several weeks, uh, the inerrancy of Scripture, eternal security of the believer, priesthood of the believer, uh, the divine conception, the crucifixion, the resurrection, last week the Trinity. Uh, we've been talking about these things that matter. Uh, and if they, if they matter enough for us to take a stand on them, 
There's going to be some fallout that occurs when we take those stands. You may be referred to as a fascist. That, that seems to be popular these days. Um, a racist, a bigot, narrow-minded. In essence, there's effort to cancel your influence in our culture and to cancel your sense of walking out God's call on your life. There's going to be some fallout that occurs, no doubt. So expect that as you walk in light of God's call on your life. But remember this from 1 Peter chapter 2. You're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And he, Peter's writing to Gentile believers there, to non-Jews. That's you and, I, you and I as Gentiles here today. Let's say, you are God's chosen. You're a royal priesthood. So the call is to every believer. Secondly, the call has no hierarchy. It has no hierarchy. Look at verse 2. Be, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Bearing with one another in love. Though there are some points and areas of commonality, we're all different from each other. Uh, based on upbringing, what we've seen, been exposed to, based on our talent, based on our gifting, based on our passions. Paul is saying here to take those things into account when we walk out our calling within the body of Christ. One person's call may call them to the forefront. Another person's call may be in the background. So Paul calls for humility here, gentleness and patience and saying no one's call is more important than another one's call. So just because one person's call is more visible than the other one's, doesn't make it any more important in the kingdom. This phrase, bearing with one another in love, tells us that humility and passion is often easy to say, but hard to walk out. It's definitely more difficult to live out. That's, that's this idea of bearing with one another, meaning the bearing sometimes is costly. It is sometimes difficult. Uh, it's difficult to live out. Uh, the gift of mercy and the gift of apostleship are two gifts that the Bible teaches about. Um, and they're very different gifts. I'm, I'm giving you these two as an example. A person with a gift of mercy thinks more about the person involved. A person look, looking at the same situation with the gift of apostleship. Now, the gift of apostleship is an entrepreneurial kind of gift. Apostles were church starters. They, were, they, they got things going, handed them to, to the community, went and did the same thing in, in another com community. So they were uh, very, very uh, entrepreneurial, as I said. So the person with the gift of apostleship is not going to look so much at the person, but the project. Is it, are things getting done? Are we getting anything accomplished? Uh, the person with, with the gift of mercy, time really isn't usually important. In fact, they may not even wear a watch. Or look at it if they have one. But a person who's with the gift of apostleship says, this should have been done weeks ago, months ago, perhaps even years ago. Same situation, same body, different gifting. Consequently, different calling. We're called to, different, to do different things based on our gifting. It's, um, it is, we, we, uh, Romans refers to this as, we, the one body has many members they were to function as one. And that's what he says here. But there is no hierarchy. There are no gifts more important than one person's gift or calling, more important than another person's gift or calling. Third thing is this. Not only is the call to every believer and has no hierarchy, but thirdly, the call 
is toward a common goal. It's toward a common goal. Look at verses 3 and 4 again. It says, Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One body, one Spirit, one hope. You've heard the saying that there's no I in team, and that's true, but our call takes us much further than that. It says, he says here to make every effort. Make every effort. In essence, he's saying do whatever it takes to keep unity in the Spirit. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 10 says this. This is from the New Living Translation. It says, so dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you are really among those God has called and chosen. Do these things, and watch this, do these things and you will never fall away. You'll never fall away. Then God will give you a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our enemy is not each other, but he does have a name. He goes by Satan. Scripture refers to him as Lucifer. Often refers to him as the devil. And he is our enemy. Look across these chairs to each other. We're not each other's enemy. Look at church to church to church in, in the kingdom. We're not each other's enemy. We have a common enemy. And sometimes I don't think we understand it very well because we're, we're pointing fingers at the person beside us, behind us, in front of us. He is our enemy, not each other. There's a common goal here. One body, one spirit, one hope. He's about division. But our Lord and his church are about multiplication. He's about isolation. Our Lord and his church are about unification. He's about destruction. And our Lord and his church are about redemption and restoration. Regardless of our unique calling, we're all called to one mission, to point people not to us and not even to the church, but to point people to Jesus. And we need, we need each other in the body of Christ to do that effectively uh, because that is a common mission to make that mission reality. Uh, we aren't here to help people see our vocation. We are here, though, to, to, to use and leverage our vocation, hopefully as a part of our call, but to use those things to help people see Jesus. Uh, Randy doesn't do machinist work for the glory of TVA. He should be doing it for the glory of Jesus. He should use his TVA position for Jesus. Gary Compton shouldn't be concerned about fire, putting out fires exclusively. He ought to be concerned about how is this a vehicle to show Christ to others. Leanne, Leanne don't need to be teaching young kids just to teach young kids. That teaching job should be a vehicle and, and leverage to people, for people to see Jesus in our life. Whatever God has called us to do, and if our vocation fits that call, it needs to be leveraged to where people see Jesus from it and, and not just what, what we do for money, what we do to pay bills. Um, now, on the heels of that, you would say, someone would ask them, what if I'm in the wrong job? What if my job doesn't fit my call? I would tell you, don't look for another call. Look for another job. You're going to bear fruit in the job where, where, where the call and the vocation match. It's not, we're not there for, God's, for others to see our vocation, but to see God's call on our life. Um, that's the common goal. The vocational and the spiritual should be one. It should be an easy transition for us to transition from what we do into why we do it while we're doing it. Does that make sense? Where people start to see he's... He, He's not so consumed with. She's not so consumed with their vocation, with their career, with their job. They're using it as a means to a, to a bigger, deeper, more eternal end. But we are working toward a common goal. Fourthly, 
The call is to every believer. It has no hierarchy, and it's toward a common goal. But fourthly, the call leads people down a narrow path. It leads people down a narrow path. Look at 5 and 6 again. It says, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is over all, and through all, and in all. A lot of ones in there. One, one faith, one God, one Lord, one baptism. It says, he is over all, through all. And in all, I believe we're gradually in our culture being inundated with new religions. Here's what I mean by that. If the earth is a God, then climate change is a new religion. If our bodies are gods, then abortion rights and gender-affirming care are new religions. If, if ultimate fairness is a God, then equity or equal outcomes for everybody is a new religion. If these things are gods, then we're, we're following after them with, with religious fervor, many, many in our culture are. Uh, or you can become a universalist. Uh, we're all those things and whatever else you want to elevate to become an object of worship or, or worthy of your worship. They're all gods. Um, but if the scripture is inerrant, and if it is true, there's one Lord, one God, one Father above all, who is over all, through all, and in all. Uh, you say, but Tim, doesn't that seem kind of narrow? Yes, it does, because it is narrow, intentionally narrow. Listen to Matthew chapter 7. It says, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. What's he saying? He's saying it's harder to see. It's harder to navigate a narrow road. That's why knowing Jesus, it's important for us to walk out our call because we're, we are to journey that, down that narrow road with, with others, not by, by ourselves. See, it's easy to find your way on a wide, wide road. It's easy to navigate wide, a wide highway, but the narrow place, perhaps even with some twists and turns, we need help. We need a person more mature than us that's been down the road before to show us the way. That's why we are to work together in the body and there being a unity of spirit, unity of call, one, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Uh, your call is not just to find that road, but to head down it with other folks that journey with us. Well, we've dealt with God's call in, in general terms today. Uh, but what about God's specific call on your life? How do you find that? How do I discover that? Let me give you a couple of tools. Um, your gifts, your spiritual gifts that the scripture speaks of, your natural abilities that God is giving you, and the things you're passionate about help shape that call. It, it helps you find it and discover it. We, we have a tool here at Crosspoint. In fact, our, the next GAP class is coming up. GAP stands for Gifts, Abilities, and Passions. Coming up on June 4th, where you can discover, use those tools to discover your, your call and, and, and how even vocationally that fits together with God's plan and design for your life. But it's important that you understand your spiritual gifts, what you're good at, what you're passionate about. Then, listen to Philippians chapter 2. It says, Therefore, my friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue, watch this, to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act, to fulfill his good purpose. 
to work out your salvation, literally means to give your salvation a workout, to test things, to see, is, is this a fit for me? Is this what God's design and call and plan for my life is? Is it this? Put things to the test. Uh, but get, put some feet on some things and give some things a, a try. Give some things your effort. Because uh, you, you're not going to discover sitting around what your call is. You're going to discover on the way. You're going to discover as you move and as you discover, and God's really honoring this. He's, he's using this for me to be a blessing. And he's filling my tank at the same time. That those are, are things you're looking for. So I'm sure the question is on some hearts. Have you heard it and heeded, heard and heeded God's call for your life? You think, some of you may be here say, well, I realize God's got a call on my life, but the answer is no. I don't think I know what it is. I'm certainly not walking in it. Some of you may be here this morning think, it's the first time I've ever heard this. It's the first time I've ever heard God's got a call on my life, that, that, that there's a divine plan and destiny for, for me to walk out. So the answer is no for me too. Uh, I've not heard it or heeded, heeded it because this is new information. Or you may be somewhere in between where you've heard it, but you've not heeded it yet because you're still in search mode. You're still trying to figure out, is it, could, could, could this be my, my niche? Could this be my kingdom niche? Could, God be, could, could this be God's call in my life? Here's what I want you to know. is finding that place is foundational to your walk. It's pivotal. It's foundational to your walk and to your growth. If, you, if your walk is stagnant, you've been at the same spiritual level for the last 20 years, knowing God's got design and plan for you, but never discovering it, walking in it, never, never realizing that call, I want to encourage you today to get off center. Take a step in a direction. Find one. Take a step in a direction to discover, can God use me in this area? Can God use me? And maybe outside the church. It's not always inside the church. Many times it is. But it may be outside the church in, <clears throat> as I say, in your vocation and what God's given you to do. He may, he may find a niche for you there and you maybe start to do some kingdom things there, have some conversations with, with friends at work, have a, have a new fervor and passion for what you do and, and the reason why, why you do it, not just for a paycheck, but to get people to hear about your story and what God's doing in your life. See, motive is everything as it, as it pertains to our calling. So <clears throat> if we don't know that, our motive can't be in the right direction. If we know what our call is, then we're motivated to, to approach it with far, far much more fervor than if we didn't know what that was. So I encourage you to step, step in a direction. Uh, re, re, uh, if you've never visited GAP before, let's visit GAP class on, on June 4th together and use that as a tool to help you discover. But get some movement. Even if you head in the wrong direction, say, well, I know what I don't know what it is, but I know it's not that. You've eliminated that, that area. But some movement's a good thing, and, and discovery's a great thing. And I want to encourage you to move in that direction. Let's pray. Father, <clears throat> each of us in this room are called by you with a divine purpose, a divine plan that before we were ever born, you saw and indwelled us with. You've given us the abilities and the passion and the talents and the gifting if it's discovered to walk out those areas in our life to where your call on our life becomes natural. It doesn't become something we have to conjure up, something we have to, to generate some, some motivation to do. It's natural. It's, we, in fact, we hunger for it. And once we discover it, we can't keep away from it. 
It drives our life every day. It gives us a sense of purpose and direction every day. To where our job is bigger than just a paycheck. The relationships we have are more than just friends. They're more than just acquaintances. They're more than just, more than just coworkers. Once we start to see our world through that lens, it changes. I, we start to look at, at destiny, how destiny marries with destination and how the eternal scheme of things is, is the lens that we're looking through now instead of just month to month, year to year, or work until I can retire. But we start to look through the lens that says eternity is what matters, not my, not my work life, not my, not my retirement life, not, not even the friends and relationships that I have because if those things aren't a means to an eternal end, there's no purpose and direction for us. Once we find that and discover that, you start to get glory out of us in ways that are incredible. And we're fed by that. We feed on it and hunger and thirst after it and search for it and aren't, aren't fulfilled until we find it and are walking in it. So today, will you stir those things in us? Will you help us see indeed that we do have a call? And then keep us full of fervor, full of passion until we find it. Cause us today to leave beginning a search afresh that we've never begun before, or perhaps we've, we've, we've been searching for years and haven't found it, but we're reminded here again this morning, that's the place I want to walk. That's the place I want to be. That's the place I want to discover. Give us the passion to pursue that today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to today's message from Crosspoint Church, helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical, and contagious walk with Christ.